vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching, proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Ganton, and today we're talking about piano repertoire essentials for every student. Welcome back, beautiful teachers. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far, wherever you are in the series of the week. So today we're talking about essential repertoire, and this is inspired by an article by Amanda Shaw, who's written for the Colourful Keys blog today. So this seven pieces (laughs) title is maybe a little bit misleading, not in a bad way, but really we're talking about seven categories, because as Amanda says in the article, You can't create piano playing robots who all play exactly this list of seven pieces. But seven categories is a great way to look at the different variety of things that should be in our students' standard repertoire. Now, as I read through this article, and as I was thinking about recording this episode, I honestly found myself once again becoming so jealous of my students and Amanda's students and probably all of your students because growing up I think I had one of these categories (laughs) and I think it would have been a totally different experience if I had all seven or even three out of the seven. So let's go through them and think together about what we're including for our students. I definitely don't manage all of these with every student myself so there's no shame I guess if that's you but let's have a discussion about it and think about which of these categories we wish we could include and we haven't which of these categories we had ourselves growing up and which we're just not interested in and don't fit with our studio and that's totally fine so category number one is the one that I had (laughs) in my repertoire at all times growing up and that is a classical piece as Amanda says she's using that term loosely We're talking about classical with a small C, not with a big C, if you know what I mean by that. So we're talking about Baroque, classical, romantic eras, even contemporary classical in some cases here. But what we need to think about is classical pieces that students can play for people who don't study classical music, okay? So those classic classics, classic, classical classics, Yeah, let's not think about that too hard. But anyway, you know what I mean. The favorite classical pieces. So these are things like Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata for Elise. I would maybe include the Pathétique second movement in there, stuff like that. Mozart's Minuet Number 1, the Canon in D, of course, uh, the Toccata and Fugue in D minor, Haydn's Andante from Surprise Symphony are some of the ones that... Amanda has written down here. You can think of examples of this, right? They're the ones that we see again and again in various different arrangements. And yes, sometimes they're the ones that drive us a bit bonkers, like for Elise. But I do think it's important for students to have one of these. Now, I say this is the category I had. I had classical pieces at all times, but I honestly didn't have well-known classical pieces until quite a lot later in my studies. And that's because my first teacher in particular... She wouldn't let us play anything that was overplayed, basically. (laughs) She would skip over. So if there was like an arrangement of, I think I did Ode to Joy, but 
if there was an arrangement of early, she would have skipped over and says, ah, you don't want to do that. You know, she would just put opinions in your mouth. And I try not to do that with my students because if they love Verlise, they love Verlise. I have no problem with that. I'm not going to listen to Verlise for fun. If it's on the radio, I'm not going to stay on that station. I love Beethoven when he's one of my favorite composers, but I don't think Verlise is that great and it is overdone. However, I don't mind teaching it to students. It doesn't bother me at all because when I'm teaching a piece, I'm so involved in the learning process of the student that I don't notice really, not I don't notice what the piece sounds like, but you know what I mean. I do notice what the piece sounds like in terms of the teaching I need to do for it and appreciating the music with my student, but it doesn't bother me if it's something that I don't particularly love. I can still appreciate it in a different way. So I do agree with Amanda that it's important for our students to have one of these types of pieces. We've all seen the enthusiasm that comes with Ode to Joy that shows up in the beginner method books. So many students love that. In the Piano Safari series, it's actually in book one and then book two in different arrangements. And students love when it shows up again. I've had many students skip ahead to it secretly, like over a holiday or something like that. They will look ahead, see that it's there, and then secretly learn it. (laughs) And either tell me about it excitedly or bashfully if they're worried that it's bad to look ahead. Of course, I'm always delighted that they went ahead and learned something independently on their own. So this kind of classical, classic, classics, classical, (laughs) um, I think is great for students to have in their repertoire. Okay, number two. Category number two is a crowd pleaser. Now, sometimes those classical pieces are, but this tends to be like a golden oldie, really. You want something that works for everyone. So this can be show tunes, theme songs, greatest hits. For many students these days, I find film music is often the best category for this. And it doesn't have to be contemporary. Like it can be from something more recent, like Moana or whatever. The latest Disney thing is at the time. But it can be something much older. Like it can be from Star Wars, the original Star Wars, or Jurassic Park, or any other John Williams score, pretty much. Amanda has also suggested he's a pirate, right? That's quite old at this stage, but it doesn't matter. Or you can go back older and you can go to Hallelujah, whichever version you prefer or imagine or any of the Beatles songs Queen works great ABBA things like that you want it to be something your student is enthusiastic about you're not forcing anything on them but don't be afraid to suggest older stuff because I often find that students love love Beatles songs or Queen or ABBA those are the three that come up again and again that I say really but it's great because then They can play that for their parents and their grandparents and their uncles and everyone. Everyone loves it. Everyone appreciates it. And it goes great with kids and great with adults. So it's a perfect one to have in their repertoire. And if we're keeping tabs of what I would have known growing up, I wouldn't have had anything in that category until I started just going out on my own and learning things after I really stopped lessons, I think. Wouldn't have had those crowd pleaser type things and golden oldies. The next category is mood music, which I think is really interesting. (laughs) And Amanda clarifies not elevator music. So we're talking about gentle things in a way. This could be background music in a way, but not, you know, as she says, not elevator music. So it's not that it's nothing music, but it does. It's 
gentle and it can be in the background and it can be atmospheric. So she suggests uh, sheep may safely graze, morning mood, spring. I think this is a great category for students to have for sure. It doesn't have to be limited to classical. I mean, this could be more modern arrangements. It could be pieces by Einaudi. It could be arrangements by the piano guys. Things like that, I think, fit great into this category. And I think this becomes even more important, maybe as students go into their teen years or if they're young adults, where they can play it a party at a family gathering and not be kind of the center of attention. It's not about everyone gathering around and watching them play. It's that they're playing it because it's lovely background music to have going on. Category number four is a different genre. So time to switch it up. I think this is a great suggestion because students, definitely us, but certainly students as well, can get really stuck in certain genres. Now, we may have a few even, but there are some that we just don't even consider. We don't have sitting on our bookshelf. So branching out is really important. This is one that maybe I did have myself as a student. One of the pieces I remember best, honestly, between exams. So I think I did this between grade six and seven or seven and eight. So it was in my teen years anyway wasn't early on, but I learned an arrangement of Take 5 by Dave Brubeck that my teacher had gotten, I think, back home. I think it was Russian. My teacher was originally from the Ukraine, but I think the score was in Russian. Yeah, so I couldn't understand the, the cover title or anything like that, but it was a great version of it, and it had the improv section in the middle all spelled out, so I could just read it and memorize it, and I did memorize the whole thing pretty well. I couldn't play it perfectly, but it did help me branch out and think about different genres and start to think about what is real jazz. Like This was a fully transcribed solo in the section, solo section in the middle, but where that was really coming from. You know, it started to get that thought process going in my head. Category number five is a sing-along. And this is one I really feel I should have had. (laughs) And I still, now still probably don't really go for this. So one of my brothers, I have four brothers, if you're not familiar, but one of them plays guitar. He plays all sorts of things, bits of piano as well. Like he's just, he'll just pick up anything and give it a go. At the moment, he's learning the euphonium. (laughs) Anyway... He plays guitar quite well and he brought his guitar to Christmas last year to our family Christmas and we all had a sing-along. The only piano available was quite out of tune so I thought it was going to be too awkward to make him retune his guitar and try and match them together so we didn't do that. But I'm always jealous of that skill in guitarists and I think more pianists should have it. More of us should be able to accompany a group of singers and that can be things like film music, Amanda suggests Let It Go, My Heart Will Go On, How Far I'll Go from Moana. I would suggest We Don't Talk About Bruno as another kid classic at the moment that's going over really well. And then it can be folk tunes. Lots of things can fit in this category. I would suggest also Happy Birthday should belong in here and everyone should know the chords to that because it comes up a lot. And if they already know that, they can learn For He's a Jolly Good Fellow, For He, She's a Jolly Good Fellow if that's sung commonly where you are, it's not everywhere, but things like that, that they can play along with people singing, I think is so gratifying. It's such a wonderful experience as a pianist to be able to just jump on the piano and accompany everyone and lead them in a song. Category number six is a dramatic piece. This can be a crowd pleaser as well. 
but it can also be something that people have never heard before. And there's loads of things that can fit this category and things you might be teaching to your students anyway. Certainly my students would often have a dramatic piece if this is their style. But is there any... I would think about whether there's any of the dramatic pieces that they have memorised. Because we do a little memorization in my studio. We're not really heavy on memorization, So we do go about it quite intentionally sometimes with certain pieces. And I think, especially for my more intermediate students, this is something I need to do better on. That they always have one big dramatic piece that makes them look really impressive memorized that they can play at the drop of a hat. And the final category in this post is a duet or ensemble piece. So this is one that I didn't have growing up at all and that all my students have now. So this is something we're really strong on in Colourful Keys because I just think it's such a shame not to have it, honestly. So for beginners, yes, at least playing with the teacher is great. But if you can organise duets and ensembles between your students, honestly, it changes the whole game. And you need to be patient with it because it is a whole other skill and it's something that won't come instinctively to your students right away and especially if they've never played with others or they've only played with you the first time they play with another student definitely go on the easier side with your repertoire choice and try and coach them through it take it slow like do a lot of practice organization in the lesson when you're teaching them together whether it's two students or five or whatever Make sure that you're really guiding them, you're being a coach, because it does take a bit of coaching in the beginning. And then over time, they'll start to coach themselves and they'll suggest to each other, okay, how about we take it from bar 10 because we're both struggling with that bit? Or do you want to try that bit on your own before we try it again together? So they do find ways to work together, but it's a whole other set of skills and really, really worthwhile in developing And it's really a whole other post. So if you're curious for duet books and things like that, we have some great articles on the blog. Just do a search for duets and you should be able to come across several there. We also have our new repertoire, recommended repertoire library inside Vibrant Music Teaching. So if you're a member, if you go into the recommended repertoire section, you can select duets there and you can see all the ones that I love and you know, filter it by level and do all that wonderful stuff that you can do in that area. Your one thing this week is to think about which of those categories isn't in your studio right now or isn't strong enough in your studio right now and what you can do to fix it. I hope you enjoyed this essential repertoire exploration that we took together. If you have thoughts on it, if you want to debate some different categories that should have been included or pieces that should be included in every student's repertoire always, then come find me on Instagram or in the comments underneath this article at colourfulkeys.com. Vibrant Music Teaching members get five new games or resources at least every single month that keep them inspired and wanting to become a better teacher each and every day. If you want to join the best community of teachers online, you can go to vmt.ninja and sign up today.